Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. foodie fans welcome back to another episode of foodie films i'm your host kyle reinfried and today i'm excited to have cara gala reagan she is part of the cage club podcast network family once had her on for ps i love hoffman now i'm having her on foodie films so i'm really excited about that we have a really fun conversation uh the movie we're talking about today or the movie we're highlighting is home fries is it good not really, but, uh, you know, it kind of works with also, you know, her podcast or one of her podcasts is Wistful Thinking. So this is a movie from the 90s, a time a time of our youth. Uh, so we're revisiting that. And I just want to say before we get into it that the scene I wanted to play from Home Fries, I couldn't find a good quality of it. So I decided to play the trailer instead of that scene uh, because there is a little snippet of that scene. And we even we talk about the line of Luke Wilson's that he says. And uh, we also talk about how this film is, it's a weird rom-com, and boy, does this trailer just, like, twist and leave out a whole bunch of what this movie is about and just makes it come off as, like, a sweet rom-com. So let us know what you think about uh, about Home Fries, and then I hope you're all getting ready for the holiday season, Thanksgiving is coming up, and you know what, just uh, write to me and tell me what is your favorite holiday movie and what's your favorite holiday dish i would love to know that so it could be thanksgiving could tell me a christmas movie too or hanukkah movie i don't know if there's a kwanzaa movie but or you know the festivus episode of seinfeld so just you know get at me on instagram or facebook or twitter and let me know and now enjoy this episode and i'm glad y'all came back now Kara, thank you so much for coming on to Foodie Films. I'm so glad to have another member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. What's uh, what's going on? Not much. I'm excited to be here and to talk about food. Yeah, uh, I definitely want. I want you know, as as a normal, I feel like most of our podcasts we we pl- you know plug away at the end. But I am I I do want to kind of talk right now uh, about. Uh, what am I? What am I chewing? <laughs> yeah, I almost said uh, what am I eating, but it's what am I chewing? Honestly, we kind of say it like interchangeably. It doesn't. It's it's all still kind of loosey goosey, as, <laughs> as Joey called it, a, a, a gritty reboot of wistful thinking. So <laughs> my 
my co-host Jordan and I do Wistful Thinking on the Cage Club Network, which is a show where we like revisit things from our youth to see if they're still good or like mm-hmm. what the experience of revisiting it is. And one day we were recording our like epic three-hour Grease crossover episodes with your for your former co-host uh, uh, yes. Rodriguez. Um, we did this elaborate two-part Grease episode, and in between, I, we like got up to get snacks, and then this game just emerged, which was <laughs> one of my chewing, which sounds like the worst idea for a podcast in the world. Um, and it is for some people, they just can't handle chewing, and that's fine. It's not for everyone. Um, our feed isn't for everyone in general. So uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. We eat snacks and try and guess what the other person is eating and it's actually really fun yeah I, so i've i've listened to the episodes and i really like i just why i said i i really like the idea but it's it's definitely for me and i was i had uh mike manzi on last week and we even and uh one of my chewing came up um just you know because of food, again of food and stuff like that and he's like oh you gotta be on that and i was like I, I would love i would love to be on it but at the same like at the same time it is something like hearing other people mm-hmm. i don't know if it's actually you know because then i again i listened to another episode today and i was, i don't know if it's the chewing it's or, what the person is chewing it's it's different everything it's, sounds different and some yeah. things are like gooier and gushier which is disgusting it, it's what and they're the chewing your stuff it's fine yeah it's what I they're think. chewing but i think the i think the thing that bothers me the most is the sound of someone talking while there's oh, food really? in their mouth oh, not the chew the so yeah, like yeah it just ah, yeah but like i mean i would still if you would have me sometime i would love to be on it yeah oh absolutely um but and i and i and i love love the idea it's a, it's a fun you know i mean what they run a little over 20 minutes it seems like yeah, every time so it's just like that. a fun a fun segment yeah and i mean it's it's interesting like what we wind up talking about i usually have some like elaborate backstory for whatever i'm eating um <laughs> But also it's like we wind up talking about our relationships with food and mm-hmm. like that sort of stuff that we otherwise like don't really get to chat about on Wistful Thinking. Um, so it's been it's been fun and interesting. Um, and it's it's just like another another way to escape from the horrors of reality is just to, you know, eat some snacks and giggle about it. Yeah, I mean, and I know, I mean, Brian said it when he guested on an episode, and, like, he always has snacks around him. I'm trying to be better these days, and, like, even I had a friend stay over my place last night, he opens up the cabin, he's like, you guys got no chips? And both my roommate and I were like, nah, like, we don't, we don't like, we don't have anything. I'm like, I have some, and it wasn't even for snack, it was just from, like, a recipe recently. I'm like, I've got some dried uh, apricots in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst. Like I'm, no, a, I'm I mean, turned would... into a grandfather, I guess. Yeah, that would be that would be me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I usually I don't buy a lot of junk food because I know that if I do, I'll eat it and then I'll feel terrible. Mm-hmm. So I just don't buy it. And then um, because I cook a lot of my own food for like food allergy reasons, um, I just have like weird little bits and bobbles of stuff. That like if somebody's over, I'm like I have some uh, quinoa. If you want to be playing quinoa, yeah. It's always like something weird in the. Yeah, fridge. usually I'll say like I can make you some like mac and cheese or something. Like maybe like it's it's rarely just like a. I mean, while that could be you know be a snack, it's not like just a, 
you know, bag of chips or, well, I love chips. Like mm-hmm. chips are definitely like probably like my favorite snack. Just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know which kind, but, uh, but well, the, are you a corn chip person or a potato no, po- chip yeah, person? Potato or chip. All of the I mean, I love all of them, but yeah, potato chips, just like, I mean, yeah. a classic wise chip. I'm a, I'm a wise guy and uh you know and I actually I love I love having a bag of wise and a snapple. It's just very I don't know there's <laughs> something about it. <laughs> it it's it sounds to me very like I got this out of the vending machine at school. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's a seeking of youth, maybe you know, I don't know. It's my Yeah. Or at least seeking of uh a young person's metabolism. Yeah, definitely that. Which <laughs> even even when I was young, I had an old man's metabolism. So, <laughs> but like, uh, well, like you were saying, you you uh, rarely I'm wistful thinking. It's not like you talk about, uh, you know, eating habits or food or you know, f- food per se or I- interest in food. So, like, what, um, you know, what did you have a moment in your life that? kind of you know like i ask you know if i have a if i have someone that works in food i say you know like what's your role in food but i mean maybe you have a role in food i don't know did you ever work in the food industry as a kind of waitress or anything or cook or Uh, anything my very first real job i'm using the word real very loosely my very (laughs) first real job was working at a dairy queen wow which i did when i was about 15 years old uh, as a person who's pretty lactose intolerant, uh, <laughs> and I hated it, and I was just like, "Oh, this is not for me. Food service, not for me." <laughs> now, did you like handle the ice cream, or were you just register? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it it was a small enough place yeah. that it's like you do, you do everything, all of the gotcha. things. Um, having access to a walk-in freezer was cool, though. Yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so did ha- did you have any moment in your life that you went like, you know, because I mean, I don't know, growing up, food was just always a thought of just. Yeah, I guess when you're younger, it's like you know, like the the things you're more excited for is like the junk food. But you know, was there ever a moment that you just like a certain meal, like whether going out to a restaurant or having someone cook something for you, that like you realize food can be like so much more than just you know you're you know seeking energy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I was maybe like 11, 12, maybe 13. I might have even been 14. I have no <laughs> idea when this happened. Uh, at some point when I was in like middle school, uh, I went to France with my family mm-hmm. for vacation. Ooh, and voila. Yeah, but my parents were like, oh, let's go to the Hard Rock Cafe so that we don't have to eat anything unfamiliar, um, <laughs> which is a terrible way to travel. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless you need to do that for whatever reason, that's fine. Like, everyone has needs, whatever. But it wasn't until, like, I mean, I, and we ate other things while we were there, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, just, like, the continental breakfast at the hotel was amazing, or, you know, I was just getting a baguette off the street, or the ice cream, whatever, but it was, like, the last day that we were there, and we finally went to, like, a real fancy pants French restaurant, and it was amazing. I mean, it's still probably, I don't know if it's the best meal that I've ever had, but it definitely was, like, eye-opening that like oh wow this is what food is supposed to taste like this is what it's supposed to be like (laughs) yeah i mean that's 
definitely. I mean, first with just like saying like, you know, walking along the streets and maybe just like a baguette or a croissant or something like that. I feel like other countries, I mean, definitely, I mean, uh, United States are stepping up in the sense of like now, like with food trucks and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. But I feel like street food, like the street food game is like so much stronger in foreign countries. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, these are the people, I mean, France, obviously one of just like the most respected culinary countries of them all. Um, that was Paris was the first besides like going to like the Bahamas and Bermuda Paris, uh, was the first like international city and France being the first international country I went to when I traveled. But I, that, that, it's funny that you say that you guys like went to the hard rock because there are times where when you're traveling, you just want that almost like that comfort at home or, yeah, or just, or and that's fine. Yeah. And that's just fine. Don't make it the whole trip that way. Yeah. Don't make it's, it the whole like, trip. Why bother going, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. I mean, not that I fre- frequent uh, the hard rock cafes, but I would, I, I would be pretty sure that if you get a burger at one, it's going to be very similar burger at the other like i forget there was definitely an episode we were talking about the comfort of like you know if you go to mcdonald's like another mcdonald's but the mcdonald's in france actually is amazing too (laughs) well that's what yeah and i have had mcdonald's in definitely ireland and germany and they are they are they are a bit better i guess Mm -hmm. they just take i think it's 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 really i think um like quality of ingredient issue Mm -hmm. mostly and the eu has much higher standards i think for food quality and food safety and it's also not traveling as far as it is a lot of times in the united states i think where Mm -hmm. you know it's been frozen and shipped a billion miles uh which can definitely lead to things just not being quite as quite as delicious but i think McDonald's was like the first thing that we ate when we got to France and even that was, I was like this shit is really good like what what did they do differently what's your recipe they're called french fries for a reason yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I had one other uh, guest it was a Sh- Siobhan of uh, uh, Siobhan in the fuzz she was is the singer of the uh, my my terrific theme song for the podcast and she grew up having uh you know and and still has food allergies so i'd just like to talk about that if you don't mind just like what what was was it like growing up and then just i mean tell me just like that experience how long do you have and how bored do you want to get because it's complicated and it's boring um Mm -hmm. but so the word allergy actually means something very specific. It's it's it means that your uh, the cells in your immune system, specifically your mast cells, are releasing a very specific chemical in response to a very specific protein mm-hmm. or whatever it is in that food that you're allergic to. So I technically don't have food allergies because I don't oh. have that specific reaction. But those same cells, the mast cells, um, they just do whatever they want in my body. And they react to things that I don't necessarily have an allergy to. But if I eat it, I still get sick, which is just like a stupid and boring um, difference. But I I, I like to um, point that out because I think a lot of people have, I mean, the medical community has just like a very low understanding of what's going on and like we don't have all the science on this stuff yet but no definitely not people who don't deal with 
issues reacting to foods can be very flippant about it and think that like people are making up their allergies or that if you don't have this one very specific reaction in this very specific way then you're lying about having the allergy or or whatever um so i use the term food allergies yeah just as a just as a stand-in because i don't want to have to like explain this to people all the time makes sense Um, but i but if i am like gonna go in depth on it i like to point out that there are all sorts of reactions that people can have and just because they're not having the reaction that you're expecting them to have doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a problem with that food and that they shouldn't be taken seriously because they should um so i have this like laundry list of things that i can't eat and i did not figure any of them out until i was an adult oh wow so i spent most of my life feeling very nauseous and having a lot of digestive problems Mm -hmm. and a lot of other and I do have a lot of other health issues that are independent of of this specific one um but if I'm eating stuff that I shouldn't be eating that can contribute more to my other health issues and it's like this whole boring complicated thing so um I at some point in my 20s, I think I was maybe like 25, was like, I need to figure out what's going on with my body because I would go to the doctor and they'd be like, you don't have anything. You're fine. Like you're, you're just being mm-hmm. dramatic or whatever. Um, and so I went on this like crazy elimination diet where I was just eating like very, very basic foods. Um, and then like and for a few weeks and then like slowly reintroducing things to to try and figure out yeah, what, what, what my body was reacting to because I had those skin prick tests, I had blood tests, I had all sorts of tests and none of them could tell me what I should not be eating. Um so I had to do it like manually, just wow. trial and error. Just reboot um, the system. Reboot the system and it turns out that like the thing that was causing me the most grief uh is corn. Oh. And because we live in the United States. That's a lot of corn stuff. Corn is in everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a pretty revelatory moment of being like, oh, 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 okay. So this is why I feel like I'm going to die all the time. <laughs> um, so figuring that out was like really helpful. Um, in addition to that, I did know at that point that I also had uh, reactions to both tree nuts and peanuts so those are two separate things that i can't eat Mm -hmm. um i knew that i have a really serious reaction to shellfish so i have to carry an EpiPen just in case i'm exposed to that oh wow and then there's like a bunch of other just random shit that i have reactions to and i just try and avoid it so because these things are like all over our food system i realized that i was really gonna have to kind of reboot my brain too of like how to put food in my body you know because it's like I've been doing this wrong literally my entire life and I don't know what to do differently so I started learning how to cook okay and um started learning about food science and like that because the way that I learn things is to like learn them very contextually so Mm -hmm. like if i learn the science behind it then i understand better why two things taste good together don't taste good together oh that that's definitely why i mean i've 
physics was my like favorite science in high school because I was like, well, it's the most ap- applicable science, like in my mind. Okay. Now, now, yeah. now I actually respect. I hated chemistry just because of the math element, yeah. and I never enjoyed math. But I enjoy yeah, chemistry same. now in much more of a cooking way of just like thinking yeah. of the the molding of that. But that's yeah, and I, that's it's like magic, but it's delicious. Yes. <laughs> it's great. There's a really great series on. It's a like I guess we'll call it a mini series on Netflix right now. And it's called I always salt I, fat acid. There heat. we there we go. I read the book and it's fantastic. And she it, she is such a delight as like a host, the author. You know she's the host. yeah. I haven't gotten to the to the show yet, but I'm really looking forward to it because I really enjoyed her book. And I had already been thinking of how I approached cooking in that way when I read the book. So yeah. it was like oh, but like I hadn't articulated it in that way. Um, I found the um america's test kitchen to be really helpful they have um an online site but they also have shows on public television and and they have a podcast and stuff like that and they have tried recipes like every possible way and figured out what the best way to do it but then they'll tell you why that way worked and that for me like really helped me learn how to cook so i've just been trying to like navigate that for the last however many years um and I get lazy sometimes and I I was really slacking on my diet Mm -hmm. back in like the springtime and then all the pollen counts went up and so because I was already like so allergic from that like everything that I ate was also causing me reactions like and it didn't like it almost didn't matter what I was eating I was still like breaking out in hives constantly wow um so I really had to like go back to basics again and try and like re figure out what was going on and now I'm in a much better place with it and I just had some delicious Brussels sprouts for dinner tonight so well I'm glad you're here in a better place with it now that's that's (laughs) I mean no that's I mean and again just to for the just make it oversimplification we'll call it I'll refer to it as allergies but it Mm -hmm. just I mean food allergies are incredibly scary and very I mean, misleading and misunderstood. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, I I can say that, I mean, growing up, I never, there was no, I mean, most of us didn't experience peanut-free tables in the cafeteria, but now that's like, um, that's a must. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, even my my sister, she had to give up uh, uh, gluten, and it wasn't for just, I forget what the, you know, the basic, uh, you know, the more usual reasons of giving it up not just you know mm-hmm. for like health but like for for her health because she was someone that like when she would eat gluten and then do any kind of activity she would end up having to go to like the hospital and yeah and then i mean even on uh my favorite uh podcast you made it weird there was a great episode with uh actor comedian jason manzukas and he's allergic to <laughs> eggs i heard that one yeah eggs eggs are in yeah. every and you so you heard it like i mean one, and and his and that's an allergy that is life-threatening like yeah again like i mean he says like oh it's the, like when he when it starts happening he's like his friends are like so what's going on he's like you're slowing you're slow uh slowly seeing me dying like that's what's happening yeah. but it's very all he does you know he takes an EpiPen and then he goes to the ho- goes to the hospital for good measure and like mm-hmm. and everything is fine but if he doesn't take that he will die yeah. and so i mean just and he had that his whole life and just so he had to face just like his own mortality even as like a child which no child should have yeah. to go through. When I heard that episode I was like, "Oh, this explains a lot." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
uh, can I? I don't. I don't want to linger too much on like the the negative thoughts and the negative experiences you've had. But can you tell me one thing? Because you said you figured out things later in like more when you were an adult. Are there? What's like the number one or just like the like the big things you you miss that you can't have now? Oh my God! Oh, uh, corn chips. I. Like some you know like some good college... Fritos, or are we talking like Tostitos? No, kind? just like tort like a yeah. chips and dip tortilla chips. Yeah. Um, you know how in college, like you don't know how to take care of yourself. No, yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. An idiot, yeah, and you, you just eat make a big plate of nachos. Like, oh, why do I feel this way? Yeah, is it because I just ate an entire bag of corn chips? Mm-hmm. No, probably not. <laughs> There's something else. Um, so I would eat like half a bag of corn chips for dinner, and then just be like in agony, which is like not. That's not a dinner anyway, yeah. even if I wasn't allergic to, or whatever, to corn. Um, so, I, yeah, I really miss corn chips a lot. And it's, other than that, though, it's hard to, like, the, I'll have cravings for things. Mm-hmm. Oh, peanut butter. Yeah, definitely. All things related to peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Almonds. I liked oh, those. Oh, boy. Because another thing that happened um, that, like, sent all of these things into high gear and this happens for some people when they get Lyme disease. So I had all of these like oh, weird underlying okay. health issues. And then I uh got Lyme disease actually when we were both at the same college. Yeah. And spent my entire senior year just like so sick with that. And after that, like my body just processed things very differently um i like couldn't tolerate alcohol anymore and then whatever these like weird food things were were like a hundred times worse um so i I forget that that happened because it was such like an intense and concentrated Mm -hmm. period of time that like you know i just like forget about it but that was like a big turning point also yeah there was a a strain of like Lyme's disease going around this summer that supposedly if you got it you could become allergic to red meat Mm. and i was it's actually it's a different tick-borne disease than Lyme um and it's carried by a different kind of tick than Lyme disease is there's all sorts of shit yeah. That you can get from ticks, and it's terrifying because they're so tiny. Um, yeah, I found I found one on me, and right away I was just like, I went to the doctor the next day, and I'm just like, okay, like I mean, there was no mark. Like I I had mm-hmm. Lyme disease as a kid. Like they, my mom saw it like right around because you know they like warm spots, and it was like right in like the like lower back area of like my mm-hmm. armpit, kind of, and there was the bullseye and everything. And, and you're lucky because a lot, like I think it's something like sixty percent of people who contract Lyme never have the bullseye. Yeah. Never saw a tick. Never have the bullseye, and it's it's terrifying. I actually want to make a horror movie about it because. Ooh. It, I wow. Think yeah. There there are so many like really unique and horrifying aspects to it that would lend itself really well to that. Um, I like that yeah, idea. Uh, ticks can fuck you up, so. Check yourself before you wreck yourself if you go hiking yeah. or go outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to hopefully more light, lighter fare and mm-hmm. talk about the, the movie at hand, the movie we'll be highlighting today, which is Home Fries. And I, I like that when I when I reached out to you and I, I gave you like a few uh, choices, you said, Home Fries is good, in parentheses, I think. Question mark. <laughs> Question mark? Uh, and... Yeah, it turns out 
It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. This is so... It's had, a very ha- bad movie. When when you watched it for this, was it the first time? Or did you watch... This no, was a movie I that came out. I definitely saw it when it came out. Yeah, it came out in um, 1998. And this was this was a movie like I remember always seeing the poster for. I'm sure probably my s- sister saw it, but I just, I just actually never... Definitely never saw it in full. Maybe I caught like little parts here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Yeah, I remembered nothing about it, and even after watching it, I remember nothing about it. <laughs> Other um, than it like made no sense, and I hated it, and I didn't know why. Yeah, so it's called Home Fries, and I said, uh, "Why is it called Home Fries?" I really don't know. There's not like at one oh, yeah. little at one little part. There's a, a character, you know, a little, that wants breakfast and the place hasn't even opened up yet and then after that little thing i see you know there's just like a b-roll shot of the griddle and i do see some home fries and that is the only the only i mean it should have been called i don't know i mean burger something because they work so this is on foodie films because the uh two two main characters end up working at uh, a fictional fast food place called a burger matic and do they ever say what state this takes place in I don't know, but it's definitely Texas. Is it Texas? I, I was yeah. Thinking... Well, it was shot in Texas. Oh, okay. Texan. I was gonna guess more like like I guess I don't know Nebraska or something like that. But Texas Maybe, makes sense. Maybe like the top part of Texas. Ah, yes, know. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's up there. Uh, Amarillo. Let's say Amarillo. Movie takes place in Amarillo, uh, and it's uh, directed by Dean. I'm gonna say Parasot. I want to uh, pronounce sure. his name, and he directed Galaxy Quest, uh, Fun with Dick and Jane. Yeah, uh, re- I mean, the weird thing about this movie is that it should be good. Like, by all accounts, like, it was directed by somebody who's made some good movies. Yeah. It was written by somebody who's made some really good stuff, and the cast is great, but it's bad. Yeah, it was. It's all bad. I mean, it was written by Vince Gilligan. Yes, that Vince Which blew Gilligan. Blew my mind. While while he was studying at NYU, so I guess he just that was uh, you know we can fault him as a as a college student and not. You know, as... we all write really bad things when we're in school. Yeah, it's but then okay. some Everybody... pro- some producer said we'll make it. Like yeah. at least like it I... does make me feel better about like just as a creative person in general, who, like, makes a lot of art and thereby makes a lot of bad art and, like, sometimes, every once in a while something good comes out. Like, at least even even Vince Gilligan wrote a really bad movie. And that, I mean, he's going to be writing a new movie and that's the Breaking Bad movie, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what what do you, I mean, did you, were there th- things that you did like about this movie? What do you, Or what do you think, I think this is a better question, uh, like, what do you think was missing from this movie? Because, like you said, there are elements that are, that are there. I felt like they were, almost they it was though? like a, well, like you said, well, like you said, the cast, yeah. and there is this kind of, I mean, you know, it's a interesting enough plot, I, right? Like this whole weird family dynamic. Uh, I mean, maybe. It just, I just yeah. was, I couldn't get invested in any of the characters. <laughs> There's, so when yeah. they were acting like psychopaths, I was like, I don't care about these people. I don't know why they're acting this way. What is happening? Why is there a helicopter? Oh, yeah. There are some, this is one of the more, like weirder, op- not like, I mean, you know, we're not talking... David Lynch. It's not a David Lynch film weird, but it's but it's just an odd opening for a movie that this guy pulls up and is 
talking with Drew Barrymore, and we learned that this uh, older guy and Drew Barrymore had an affair, and Drew Barrymore is now pregnant. And then when he drives off, all of a sudden, a helicopter is chasing him, and mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, Luke Wilson and Jake Busey. Jake Busey and the biggest teeth ever, besides his dad's, I guess. It's just like yeah. So. Which is also weird. I guess was Owen Wilson supposed to be in this originally? Because like the two of them together, he looks like a he almost looks like a Bobo Owen Wilson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That, like it it should be the two of them, and it's not. But then I don't know. It's also got like weird Top Gun vibes a little bit. Yeah, um, I feel like this is also like a bland. Um, uh, what did I, what did I write? Uh, like just like a a, a bland Coen Brothers movie in a way, you know? Yeah. Like it has like the the odd character, but it's just like it's not well explained. Like you said, you're not invested. Like I, I specifically wrote uh, when um, you know Drew Barrymore and Luke Wilson when they're at the Lamaz class. I'm like, ooh, is Sally f- falling for uh, what's his name? Dor- Dorian? I'm like is Sally fall- falling for Dorian? Do I care? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, nah. No, not. I mean, not. she is, but you don't care. Yeah. Um, her hair is amazing in this. Though. That's probably like, the best so thing cute. about the movie that, like, we found out uh, I think so. prior Charlie's Angels that Drew Barrymore can pull off being a redhead, uh, and and her and her cute like she's like a grown up uh, orphan Annie kind of thing going yeah. on. Yeah, very cute. I uh, wrote on I. I gave this two stars on Letterboxd and said that uh, the stars are just for Drew Barrymore's hair. And everything <laughs> else was a complete waste because you have Catherine O'Hara, you have uh, Shelley Duvall in this. You, like, the cast is incredible and it's they're all wasted. Yeah, I mean, you like, yeah, you just said, I mean, as far as a f- female comedy legend, you've got Catherine O'Hara who's not given a chance to be funny at all in this movie. Yeah. And then it should be illegal. And then you've got uh like like you said, Shelley Duvall who I mean is kinda having, I guess, a little fun by doing an accent in this movie, but that's about it, maybe. Like mm-hmm. it's uh and then yeah, so Drew Barrymore, Luke Wilson, Jake Busey, is there any other uh no, I just wrote down Roy's played by Daryl Mitchell because he ends up he's in Galaxy Quest, so I realized that they. Oh, and and a shout out to High School Slumber Party. He's the teacher in Ten Things I Hate About You as well. Um, but yeah, and also I mean, so the director he also the most one of the more recent things he directed an episode of Santa Clarita, Clarita Diet. So nice little. Uh, mm-hmm. reunion with Drew Barrymore there, and I've been told I need. Which to... is a wonderful show. She's yeah. also. So funny and so charming in that. I've been told I need to watch that and possibly... I'm still trying to figure out what realm I should include because there are so many great food TV shows, but obviously I'm not going to do mm-hmm. every episode, so I'm trying to figure out a good... Maybe do, do, do I do a season, like an episode per season, or do I do mm. maybe two episodes per season? You know, mm-hmm. just talk about that. Um, a great show that you could do is something called iZombie. I don't know if you're familiar with oh, it. Yeah, it the sounds CW, really dumb, right? but it's actually really excellent. Yeah. And it's about this medical student who is at a party and then gets turned into a zombie. Um, and in this world, like zombies, as long as they have access to brains and they're able to get 
brains and eat brains regularly they can be like functioning members of society so she drops out of medical school and becomes like an assistant medical examiner so she can have more proximity to human brains (laughs) and um it turns out that when the zombies eat people's brains they get flashbacks of that person's life so then she starts solving people's murders and working with a policeman and it's it like i said it sounds really stupid but it's excellent and there are these wonderful wonderful um cooking uh segments that she does where Mm. like every brain that she eats you see her like preparing it in a different way and they're shot really wonderfully just like really fun And it's a really fun and funny and poignant show that's dealing with a lot of like very salient issues that would be corny if they were being dealt with in like a a, like more reality ish TV show. You Mm -hmm. know, they're able to like talk about issues of like immigration and border walls and like all sorts of things in this like weird zombie situation that would be otherwise like. A little too on the nose. Yeah, if it was in like a regular show. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I mean, and I've said I've said it before. Then like Hannibal is supposedly a TV series. I mean, if we're just thinking about eating humans, supposedly ha- Joey's told me that Hannibal has a bunch of great uh, cooking scenes, and then Master of None on Netflix is a big mm-hmm. food influence show. And so that's definitely one. Well, yeah, gl- I'm glad to know. Yeah, making was great. Oh yeah. Anything, also anything, I mean, in the second season, Bobby Cannavale's in it, so anything. And it isn't Bobby, is Bobby Cannavale on uh, uh, Santa Clarita? I think he is, right? I don't know who that is. He, I'm trying to think of, did you ever watch Boardwalk Empire? Uh, no. Hmm. I am Ant-Man? Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, For a person with a movie podcast, I have not actually seen that many movies. Wait, what's his name? Bobby, Bobby. Cannavale, like C A. Oh, he was in the Station Agent. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, which I'm, which movie. yeah, which I'm also covering on this uh, because of his character and Cafe Con Leche. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's great in that. I love that movie. Um, Yes, he is in that show, and he's very funny on that show. I recognize him now. I'll definitely have to check out. I th- was there two two seasons or three seasons of that show? I think three seasons, maybe, maybe four. I don't know. Wow, I'm I'm slacking. Wait, I'm of slacking. Santa Clarita Diet? Yeah, two, two. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, two. I Zombie is the other one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like I know I definitely caught like. An episode because I played after I think like the Flash or something like one of the CW mm-hmm. shows when I still watched those superhero ones but I gave up on those. But um, so is there do you, do you find any redeeming things about this movie? Did you like any any I mean, scenes? Her hair. Or... <laughs> I, okay, so her she hair. She's very cute as a redhead, <laughs> and I like redheads, so I don't know. Uh, that was about it, I think. Yeah, I'm just trying to, I mean, so they're working at this fast food place. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm so I'm just like looking at my notes and I see like one of the first like lines she says is just like, all you want, all you want to do is poke dents in the top of my baby's head. Like I was just like, oh, and it starts off with like a, like a kind of like country, you know, Western type song. And so I was getting this subdued Coen Brothers vibe at first. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe this will be... Maybe this will be good, and it just ends up being pretty, pretty bland. 
I think the budget of it was like I'm looking it up just to double think, check. I think like it was like 15, fifteen million. Million, and I'm just curious about how much of that they spent on the helicopter. It must have <laughs> been pretty like much all like of it. Thirteen million was just the helicopter. Yeah, they have like the helicopter from Tomorrow Never Dies. So, and it's just very odd. I mean, they use it what twice in the movie and like a lot. Like it's like mm-hmm. a lot of shots of it and yeah. And the this like the second major helicopter scene is really crazy and probably required like a lot of like stunt shit. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, I'm. T- just looking at scenes, you know. Let's. I'll. I'll play the clip of just. We'll keep it. Try to keep it food related. And so, well, well, just. I mean, the so the basic. I guess we, we should talk about the basic plot, right? Let's talk about that first. And so that's. Uh, we. I was saying that you've got this older guy who he and uh, Drew Barrymore's character Sally. They had uh, an affair. She. Well, and she wasn't even aware that he was married, and he got her pregnant. And number one, I'm just very confused by this because he's like a not attractive older guy, and she's. This was a script written by a man. By yeah, who, by college Vince Bro Vince Gilligan, I guess. Yeah, who is maybe thinking a little wishfully about uh, knocking up Drew Barrymore. I don't know. Do we know where but Vince I, Gilligan I is that... from? Is he from like New Mexico or like Texas or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I just find that, like, a lot of times in movies and stuff, when you have, like, an unattractive older man with this, like, beautiful young woman, that's usually written by a guy. <laughs> yeah, that that tends to, when, when there tends, when there's not, like, any kind of uh, good justification behind it, especially, or, right. you know, just to um, simply push. On the flip side, uh, a similar-ish premise movie that's written by written and directed by a woman that is excellent is the first look who's talking movie where (laughs) Kirstie Alley gets knocked up by a guy that she's dating who's married and who is an asshole and it's wonderful and people should watch that instead of home fries yeah she's knocked up by um uh the why am I blanking on that actor's name that who's who's afraid of Virginia Woolf right the He's the, he's the, he's young in that movie. You know? He is, and he looks at, like that's the first thing that I've seen him in where he is that young, and he like at, at that age looks a lot like Lou Reed, and it was <laughs> making me laugh really hard just like thinking about Lou Reed being in that part in that movie. But I cannot tell you what his real name is. Yeah, I know, and he was on the show Just Shoot Me, right? Wasn't he? Remember that mm, sitcom? Yeah, I think he was the boss. Yeah, he was the boss. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so. Uh, yeah, Sally has an affair with an older man, gets pregnant, she's working at this fast food joint, he shows up, and then when he's leaving, all of for some reason, in a very, like, you know, I guess we're supposed to be confused, but it just feels more awkward than anything and not explained for, like, a little bit, is that he's getting chased by a helicopter, and then they are shooting at him, but he doesn't get shot, and eventually we find out there were blanks in it, but he has a heart, point being he drops his heart medication when he runs from his car, has a heart attack, and that ends up being the husband of Catherine O'Hara's character and the father of Luke Wilson and Jake, oh, stepfather of Luke Wilson and Jake Busey. And so I feel like the biggest reason he's their stepfather versus father is because they wanted Luke Wilson to end up with uh, Drew Barrymore in the end, and that would be weird if he was 
than marrying yeah. his brother's mom. Yeah, that'd be really gross. <laughs> There's even like a weird like the like the last little bit of dialogue before Drew Barrymore says like oh well, like we'll we'll just see what there is to come or whatever you know a little wrap up line she has it's just Luke Wilson looking at the baby explaining their lineage and everything like that which is I guess very Texas in nature sorry Texas cheap shot yeah uh, that was sweet though I liked. I actually did like that bit of that scene where he was explaining that to the baby. Yeah, and so the, I mean, there are moments. I mean, so is this is this a romantic comedy, right? I guess. It, oh God, I, I mean, sure. That's what I mean. That's what the <laughs> genre that I guess it's attempting to be, right, or categorized as. Uh, sure. But you know, so I mean, it has like that sweet moment, and I guess the again the Lamaze is supposed to be like a nice moment for them. And I don't know, Luke Wilson just, I mean, Luke Wilson always has that, or just the Wilson brothers in general have that very lost and like, you know, quiet type and just, uh, I don't know, just inner monologue kind of vibe going on for them. Mm. And this one, it just, he's still very young, you know, also there were, there were, there were moments that I was just like, Oh, this is also like a, a, very dull version of bottle rockets or something like that. Like, I guess maybe just cause I was thinking of like the Midwest and stuff like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, as far as the, the rest of the plot, that's just th- from then, uh, Jake Busey tells Luke Wilson, get a job in this fast food place and just kind of make sure. Oh, cause yeah, I didn't mention this is that all the people working at the burger Matic, for some reason, uh, the headsets at a fast food place capture the frame same fr- frequency as military grade, you know, <laughs> helicopter walkies. So that's that's the driving. That's the plot. You know, <laughs> moving the plot right there is that they hear themselves on the same headsets, and Jake Busey wants to make sure no one knows what's going on, and then Luke Wilson starts falling for uh, Drew Barrymore. But, uh, so that I was, yeah. Oh, what were you going to say? Just that, like, at some point towards the end of the movie, he tells her that he loves her. And I just feel like I don't understand how, like, how or why or when that happened of, like, that they're, like, falling for each other. Was I not paying attention or did that just not happen? I mean, so besides her just being, like, exceptionally lovely and charming i guess so just like that so we'll just call it like a natural attraction from the get-go um no not really like anything i guess the only other thing we could say that Catherine o'hara is a cold mother so see like a kind woman is an attractive quality Mm. maybe oh that makes sense you know so um maybe that aspect and just seeing that and then finding out when she opens up and tells him about her relationship with his stepfather, Henry. She, I mean, she doesn't know that it's his stepfather, but when talking about Henry, she's like, oh, I just feel so horrible. So I guess he sees that she's a good person and it wasn't her, you know, a malicious uh, affair kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think just then her asking him to go to the Lamaze class, which after, I guess, he, he stopped her dad, who had an empty shotgun for some reason and showed up to this party drunk with an empty shotgun at the fast food place that his daughter 
works at that his wife then was having a birthday party for their younger son or something like that. I, I've that's there's moments of this movie that really <laughs> yeah incomprehensible. Yeah, I wonder if do you know if Flint Skilligan has worked in fast food a lot because well, I feel like yeah because that shows up in his work so much. Yeah, was it Pollo Hermanos right or uh, Los Pollo Poyos Hermanos, and um, and what's that other show with The X Files? <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't watched much of the X Files. The one that Bob Oden, the spinoff. Oh yeah, uh, Better Call Saul. That one, yeah. He works at a Cinnabon at some points. Oh yeah, that's what. Yeah, he leaves there, and he like after the series ends, he's like, maybe I'll work at a Cinnabon, and then he actually starts working at a Cinnabon as a manager or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's hmm. maybe he had some crazy experiences. You know, I have to look up right now. Let's see, Vince Gilligan, where where did you grow up? I'm trying. He has he has a interesting like when he when he speaks, it's like nerdy Southern. I feel like <laughs> so. Let's see, Vince Gilligan, Wikipedia. You were born Richmond, Virginia. All right. Interesting. But then, yeah, it's then he a went very to... different place than Texas. Yes, very different. Or New Mexico. Yes. So, not so much. Maybe I'm just reading into it too much. And then he went to NYU for school, or t- you know, Tisch School of the Arts. Good for you, Vince Gilligan. It's a good school. Yeah, it's a good thing he made all that money on the X Files and Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly homes. for that tuition. Um, but I was, uh, I was saying, let's, uh, try to, I mean, you know, there's plenty of scenes at the, uh, at the burger Matic, but maybe the most foodie type one is when, uh, Doreen gets the job and is being taught by Roy about, uh, being a grill man. So we'll just play that scene right now. Welcome to Burger Matic. Can I take your order, please? When's the baby due? Less than a month. And they're still letting you work? I work at the drive-thru, and that way customers can't see my stomach through the window. Where's the father? He's around. Somewhere. At the Cumberland County Burger Matic. That'll be 640, please. It's all about first impressions. That's all it is. First impressions, and you can do that. Looking for love. Nice hip bones. Can be a strange adventure. So why don't you get a job there? You'll do fine. With these hip bones, you ever hear interference? Yeah, man. Come on, this ain't Radio Shack. Put the pickles on before you put on the onions. Three pickles, not four. This ain't pickle burger. I mean, how do you make a whopper? No, you, man, that's Burger King. And it's getting stranger all the time. Roy! I did not know that he was married until after I conceived. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a gift for your baby. That's non-toxic, I, I think. Thank you. I know how I look to everybody, but I'm gonna be a really good mother. No, Sally. <laughs> Warner Brothers presents... Dorian? Yes, ma'am. Have you ever heard of Lamaze? Drew Barrymore, Luke Wilson. This must be the husband. I'm just a partner. In a romantic comedy. Do I get paid extra for this? <laughs> where something is always cooking. How do I look? Sally, I love you. Okay. Hold on, Sally. Just hold on. Sir, are you the father to be? I'm the uh, Lamar's partner. <laughs> what I'd like to be the father to be. Home fries. You all come back now. 
I like that he does, you know, what, what does he say? Like, how, well, how do you make a Whopper? And it's just like, I can't do a good Luke Wilson. How do you make a Whopper? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, <laughs> like, he's learning how to make this specific hamburger at this specific restaurant. Yes. And then he's wondering how they make Whoppers. Yeah, and then he, he after that scene, then 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 there's the, he gets to dress in the costume and he's Buzz Burgermatic. They even this chain has a uh, has a mascot and he's some kind of actually clo- this movie came out in 1990. So this is after but this is after Toy Story. It felt like a it felt like a Toy Story ripoff. You know, he's like a spaceman yeah. kind of thing. And his name's Buzz. And he moves around fast, apparently. That's the only yeah. character trait that we get, is that he's told that this guy moves around fast. Yeah, which, I mean, if you got the name Buzz, I, I you know, I only Buzz Lightyear and Buzz Aldrin, so it's about, mm. it's all I know. Um, yeah, I I mean, you, you said you, you like the, kind of the sweetness of, like, the ending, uh, is there, I mean, is there anything else about this movie that you want to talk about? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like I said, I like deleted it from my brain as soon as I watched it. So I don't, I wouldn't, I can't even remember like what else happens. Yeah. I feel like this is a movie that I'd like to, this is a movie, like if I had a podcast, I'm, I'm sure there's podcasts out there that do this. Um, but like just talking about with people like what would you do to change it you know like that yeah. kind of like a rewrite kind of podcast and just talking I about that i don't but. know <laughs> that was the thing that was like the most perplexing about this movie was that like i was watching it and i was like this is not working and i don't know why like it i don't know what would fix this i just know it like it was broken but i'm not really like a story person i'm not a writer uh-huh. you know so yeah. that's like not really my wheelhouse um i guess it comes down to lack there of charismatic characters and then interesting i mean cuz the plot is there so maybe then dialogue as well like there's just a lot yeah. of like not awkward silences but just like moments of silence that just doesn't feel like I mean the movie's like around an hour and a half like it just felt like it was a movie that didn't have to be that long you know oh definitely yeah it it's felt very so much stretched longer out. than it was yeah well I mean I know I I rented it on Amazon so I wouldn't necessarily recommend watching it until uh, if you see a free version and if yeah. you like, you want to see well check out the picture of Drew I mean I'll definitely the, there will be Drew Barrymore with her haircut yeah so. just go look at Drew Barrymore yeah. instead <laughs> And watch, yeah, and watch Santa. And Cl- then watch Look Who's Talking instead. Yeah, watch Look Who's Talking. Watch Santa Clarita Diet. I guess this is what we took away from uh, from Home Fries. So thank you, Home Fries, for mi- making me get closer to watch rewatching Look Who's Talking and the Santa <laughs> Clarita Diet. But uh, as, as I explained before we started recording today, I sent you. I think it's like yes. f- five different emails. So uh, honor system here, Kara. Honor system, mm-hmm. please. Um, if you could n- open up your email and let me know, and just pick one of uh, one of the five and uh, tell me which one, and we can watch the clip together and then talk about it. Okay. What? How? How should I choose? Like, is there? A system that I should be using. No, so I mean, normally, like, I mean, most of my uh, interviews, so we're doing this uh, over the World Wide Web people, um, and 
normally in person, I would just have like a hat with pieces of paper. So just randomly, whatever, okay. whichever one. I'm closing my eyes and just moving my mouse around a okay. bunch. Okay. And then I'm going to click and I hope that I'm clicking on an email <laughs> and not something else. Let's see. Okay. That I clicked between lines, not actually on the email. <laughs> How about now? Nope, just did this. Oh, I just deleted one. Okay, this is not working. Okay, I, I tell you which one it is? Yes. Okay, it's Pixar Inside Out. Oh, okay. okay so, um, let's, I'm gonna, I should have had that queued up for myself, but uh, Pixar Inside Out dinner scene. Alright, so we'll just three, two, one, play. So, as it turns out, the green trash can is not recycling. It's for greens, like compost and eggshells. Mm. And the blue one is recycling. And the black one is Riley's black. acting so weird. Why is she acting so weird? What do you expect? All the islands are down. Joy would know what to do. That's it. Until she gets back, we just do what Joy would do. Great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? Hey, Riley, I've got good news. I found a junior hockey league right here in San Francisco, and get this, tryouts are tomorrow after school. What luck, right? Hockey. Uh-oh, what do we do? Guys, uh, th th this, uh, here, you, you pretend to be Joy. Wouldn't it be great to be back out on the ice? Oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. What was that? That wasn't anything like Joy. Uh, because I'm not Joy? Yeah, no kidding. Did you guys pick up on that? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. sure Something's wrong. Should we ask her? Let's probe, but keep it subtle so she doesn't notice. So, how was the first day of school? She's probing us. I'm done. You pretend to be Joy. What? Okay. Um, hmm. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, very smooth. That was just like Joy. Something is definitely going on. She's never acted like this before. What should we do? We're going to find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Ahem. <clears throat> Uh-oh, she's looking at us. Uh, what did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? <sighs> He's making that stupid face again. I could strangle him right now. Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, oh, you kidding me. For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? Boo, I'll be joy. School was great, all right? Riley, is everything okay? <sighs> Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. What is her deal? All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, okay? No, 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 stay happy! What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen? DEFCON 2. Listen, young lady, I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Come and get it! Yeah, well, well... Here it comes. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. Now. Ah! Foot is down. The foot is down. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! 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 Yeah!
Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. Come, fly with me, Gachinya. Okay. That movie is so brilliant. Yes. So you've so you've seen it before. Yeah. Where uh, what's your rank? I mean, so it's a Pixar movie, Inside Out. It came out. I don't know how many how many years ago is that now? I feel like I don't know, but I only saw it maybe last year or the year before. Yeah. I didn't see it right away. It's um, definitely one of and- the more brilliant and like adult. Like themed, or and just like, you know, mature. I should say mature themed. Mature, but also like scientifically kind of accurate. Like the way that your brain works and the way that your yeah. brain develops and stuff like that. It like they really nailed that. And even just like emotionally watching it, it like the way that they're like every character kind of has a different emotion driving the bus and that's so true of all of us and it like that you know little kids start out and like joy is in charge and then at some point during adolescence like all those things get kind of like jumbled around and things go offline and whatever yeah and then you emerge as an adult and somebody else is driving the bus and in the mother's case it's I forget who's in charge, but in the father's case, it's anger. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just is like, it resonates so much, I think, on an emotional level with people that like, you've been both the little girl and you've been her parents. And like, you just like, it's, it's brilliant. And, And just the character design even of the different emotions, I think is so brilliant. Oh yeah. I mean, well, the, I mean, the voice talents of, I mean, this scene, so you've got, for fear, you've got Bill Hader, Disgust, Mindy Kaling, Anger, Lewis Black. So that's just perfect casting right there uh, as far as vocal talents of those mm-hmm. emotions. And then I I love seeing then it. So it's like we were, we were saying when watching. So the the mom emotions all have like the mom's hair and then the dad, all, all the dads. The the, yeah, and the glasses and the dads all have the mustache. And I just even love the interactions between the parents and like the looks just like yeah. he's giving us that stupid look again and it's all you know to this movie what they i forget where they moved from i think somewhere in like minnesota somewhere she, where she can ice skate and they moved to san they francisco to san francisco which i would have murdered somebody to be able to do at that age you know <laughs> to like move to this incredible like she loved ice skating city. and like the outdoors of ice skating and Activities. There are fucking ice rinks in San Francisco. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, you know it is that fucking little girl's fault. Yeah, fuck her. <laughs> but to, also, to be fair to her, as I too was once an adolescent girl, yes. who absolutely uh, a thousand percent responded to my parents in exactly that way. <laughs> like, I get where she's coming from. Yeah, and I mean, so they moved to San Francisco. I also, I also see that they're eating Chinese food, and San Francisco has a terrific Chinatown. So I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. delightful Chinese food. But yeah. that's just one of those. They just moved there. The boxes are still around. They're eating, you know, the classic Chinese American like Chinese takeout cartons are all around the table, and it's just an awkward dinner to begin with. And just, I mean, the way that those characters it just again shows that such a mature take on just human psyche like i think i remember reading an article that like psychologists and you know from that through 
to therapists were like, this is such a fantastic movie to watch. I really wish that it had been around when I was an adolescent because right? I would have understood. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, maybe, not, maybe, maybe not even it, understood, but, but per se, but like at least just have a framework for like understanding. Yes. And how just how my emotions were working. Yeah. Yeah. And just probably like it would help like feel less alone and just know that other people are going through it as well. Yeah. You know, like there's plenty of things that I, you know, that happen that I still don't understand. And, uh, but you know, when you, at least when you get to talk to somebody or have heard someone already speak about it, you know that, okay, like, you know what, I'm, other people have gone through this and this is just, you know, a moment right now, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, I think it, I mean, I know she runs away a little bit in the film that's like towards the end, I believe. And then, uh, hopefully, you know, they get to mend their relationship and enjoy a Chinese takeout dinner sometime. Yeah. In 15 years. (laughs) Exactly. When she moves back to Minnesota and she goes to, I don't know, what's a college there. I don't know. know. <laughs> Something cold. Something. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, go to the uh, my the last segment of foodie films, which is called Gut Instincts. And again, I kind of gave you a heads up on what this whole segment's about. You're just gonna go with your gut instinct and answer uh, the questions. And as I'm tr- flipping through all my pages and trying to find the handwritten questions right now. All right, here we go. Are you are you ready, Kara? I am ready. All right. Favorite fast food? Ooh. Hmm. Um, Popeye's, I think. Ooh. It's not one that I eat very, like, I'll usually wind up getting McDonald's, but I think I prefer, like, Popeye's is an ideal. But, it, you know, they're not all over the place. Mm-hmm. I have to go out of my way. I love that chicken from Popeye's. Oh, so good. Uh, go to, uh, Beer, which you said you don't do, which uh, or a cocktail, yeah, or don't you don't drink, drink anymore. <laughs> so, what do you um, when you're out? If you if you go to a bar, are we drinking club soda then, or what do we do? We just drink, uh, or just. What? I mean, I drink a lot of water. I always have a water bottle with me. Okay. But I've been getting into some fancy sodas. Ooh, recently. what are what are fancy sodas? <laughs> um, just you know, uh, stuff that's not made with corn syrup, as most. Uh, sodas, most commercial sodas are, um, but there in recent years have been a bunch of new, uh, like cane sugar sweetened and like other sweetener sodas available on the market. Uh, we just recently discovered, uh, I think it's called up and up maybe, uh, it's made by the ginger people, which is a company that makes a lot of like ginger candies and stuff. And it's a ginger beer and it is so good. Uh, it's so gingery and I'm a, I love ginger. So that's really good. Also, I drink a lot of kombucha, which does have a little bit of alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, a friend of mine actually started making her own and oh. we were just at a like Friendsgiving party thing at her place the other night and, and wound up having this like impromptu kombucha tasting she made all of these different flavors it was amazing cool um yeah so you know i like a i like a ginger beer i like a root beer i love a birch beer oh yeah i love birch Uh, beer yeah favorite childhood snack that's a good question. I, I feel like I didn't eat that much as a child because I was always so <laughs> nauseous. Um, French fries, 
you know? They're French fries, yeah. A lifelong love of mine. Do you have a favorite French fry from a fast food plate? Like, I love McDonald's fries. The fresh McDonald's yeah, fries Yeah, I mean, they're, they, they, nothing compares to a McDonald's fry. Um, I agree. I think Burger King had, like, pretty good ones for a while, but not anymore. Like, they have messed up their recipe so many times. Interesting. There's actually a really great episode of Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, which I don't usually listen to because he's boring, but (laughs) um, he did this really great episode uh, kind of examining why McDonald's french fries don't taste the same as when he was a kid, when they used to be made with lard, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of just like goes through the history of that. And at one point, one of the like chemical fats that they had developed that they were frying the french fries in created this like residue that would cling to the uniforms. And they used to send the uniforms out uh, for like bulk dry cleaning. Yeah. And when they would be like piled together, they would burst into flames. Jeez. Spontaneously. <laughs> so that was interesting. Spontaneous combustion. Yeah. Huh. Uh, it was really interesting to like, or I think they used to make them with beef tallow, maybe not lard. <laughs> I don't know. Go go listen to that episode. I don't even know what the show is called. <laughs> Google it. Sweet or savory? Oh man, I mean definitely savory, mm-hmm. but I love both. And if I can have both at the same time, uh, I'm very much on board. But like gun to my head last meal just give me a pile of salty things (laughs) favorite food city i have not gotten to travel nearly as much as i would like um so i i don't know um well i have listened to a couple episodes of this and i feel like you've come down pretty hard against philadelphia as just like a concept <laughs> in general i know um, i'm not fair and i do not blame you i, li- I oh. lived there for like three years okay. and uh i hated it but <laughs> i feel like somebody needs to defend philadelphia and you know they have a lot of great food um yeah they did there's too. yeah you know, they have the great Italian market in South Philly. There is the Reading Terminal Market, which is in Center City, which is um, like a big, I don't know, like there there are all these different stalls of different foods. Like that's become a thing yeah. now, but it, it already was a thing in Philadelphia for many years. Um, and you can get like great Amish food. Apparently, the Amish make really good food. No, um, I've never had Amish food. I'll have to. Oh, it's excellent. Uh, oh, there's this like broccoli rub and sausage sandwich that you can Ooh, get. Oh, I love one. I love broccoli oh, rub. My God, it's so good. Um, apparently, like soft pretzels are a Philly thing. Oh. Ah. Right. Uh, which I didn't know until I went to school there, and like all of the school functions had shitty, stale, soft pretzels. Like that was the only food that they would offer. Um, <laughs> So that part wasn't great. There used to be this great waffle chain in the city, but I don't think it exists anymore. It was called Bonte, and they they made, like, um, not the fluffy kind of Belgian waffles that Americans are used to, but, like, the smaller, denser, like, street waffles. Oh, okay. Those were great. Uh, So Philadelphia, nice place to visit. You wouldn't want to live there, but they do have (laughs) good food. Uh, I I won't argue with you on that one. Favorite cuisine? Oh, my God. Um, mm. 
I think favorite cuisine to eat might be French. Favorite to cook, Italian. Oh. Uh, but, I mean, that's just, like, a genetic thing, probably. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I, I, my mother is Italian, so I grew up eating Italian food and cooking Italian food. Um, yeah. But French food is a pain in the ass to make, so I don't want to have to cook it myself, but I will definitely enjoy it. Also, like, just Latin food, mm-hmm. Colombian food, you know, Peruvian food, like, just a whole pan-Latin yeah. situation is great. So good. All of it. So my answer to the question <laughs> is all of them. World Earth Earth cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty pleasure food. Hmm. It's hard to say, because I don't believe in guilty pleasures like i just believe in enjoying things (laughs) like not feeling bad about it um do i always pull that off not exactly but guilty pleasure um i don't even i don't know no snacks you know what i went to i was uh in my hometown yesterday hanging out with a friend of mine who moved back there and she is currently pregnant, so we were enabling each other. And we went to the diner because, you know. Yeah, of course. When, when in Rome, yeah. of course, in New Jersey. Uh, and I ate, she ordered some disco fries. Ooh. Which I would never order, but if somebody else at the table is thinking about getting them, I will enable them yeah. very strongly. Fries um, all covered in gra- gravy and mozzarella. Oh. Yeah, and the, the ones at that diner like, aren't even good, but like, <laughs> their gravy kind of sucks, but uh. they're still, you know, there's just something about that, like, soggy, cheesy thing, and I know it's going to make me feel like I'm going to die, but it's, like, for for that brief moment before it hits my intestines. You feel alive. I feel alive, yeah. <laughs> Favorite condiment? Oh man, oh man. Um, is vinegar a condiment? Yes, I guess it so. is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I love pickled things. I love putting vinegar just on things. I drink vinegar, like apple cider vinegar, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently realized that I could just buy my own malt vinegar and put it on things <laughs> instead of <laughs> like. You know, being at a restaurant and being yeah. like, oh, I wish that they had malt vinegar. Not that I would, like, take it with me in my bag, but I just, like, realized that it was a thing that I could yeah, have. Yeah, have, yeah. A good and not have to, like, be, like, a special, a special occasion <laughs> thing when I'm at, like, a chip, chips and fish restaurant. Yeah, that's true. I was just in a, what was I, I was buying some balsamic vinegar the other mm. day, and I saw malt vinegar right next to it. I'm like, well, I'm getting some malt vinegar, too. Nice. What's the last thing you ate? Mm, I ate some leftover balsamic braised Brussels sprouts uh, that were braised with shallots and uh, I threw in some quinoa and uh, fried a couple eggs and put that on top. Nice. I'm into it. Brussels sprouts and uh, asparagus, two vegetables that I never like that I'm just recently like getting into and just discovering better ways or ways that I'll enjoy, you know. Yeah. Well, because like, when we were like, 
the like classic American way to produce to prepare those two vegetables is horrifying mm-hmm. just like steaming them or yes, boiling yeah. them until exactly. they turn brown um it's horrible but uh if you prepare them right i mean brussels sprouts especially if you prepare them right they're so good yeah and i cannot believe that they have this like horrible reputation because people are really missing out yeah i just i used uh i just you know, chopped up some onions and some garlic, and then I, you know, put that, like, kind of around the Brussels sprouts, and then just some, uh, balsamic, uh, yeah, the balsamic vinegar, and did that, some salt, pepper, and then once they came out, I put a little balsamic glaze on them, and that was, just roasted them? And just roasted them, yeah. So just, like, roasted them for, like, close to 40 minutes, and it was just perfectly crispy, and absolutely loved it. And if I want to be bad, I'll put bacon in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a very common way to prepare them, just because, like, yeah. bacon kind of covers whatever... Yeah, it's a great way to introduce sins. them to people that aren't into them or have a skepticism. I feel like that's yeah. just, Bacon is the gateway ingredient. Oh, it's so. totally a gateway drug. I have so many friends <laughs> that were, like... That were I like that I said ingredient in your... Oh, good drug. Drug. <laughs> well... <laughs> I have so many friends that were like very strict vegetarians yeah. and then they had like some bacon and they were like oh no it's all over <laughs> it makes you question lifestyles religions everything mm-hmm. god him or herself uh you know they say that human flesh tastes a lot like pigs i don't i don't want to go down that road and <laughs> That may be one of the reasons, like, one of the, like, early roots of uh, not eating pork in certain religions is that, like, it's too close to human flesh and it might give you a taste for it. Wow. I don't, I mean, I read that in a book. I've never. Yeah, I just always heard, the you know, obviously since pigs are dirty and there wasn't a proper way to clean them that, like, people Mm. would get sick. But that's a very, that that should go into your... uh, into your like Lyme's disease horror movie, then also yeah. people, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like that'll be the urban legend, or not even urban legend, but just like some biblical legend. Um, what would be your last meal? Oh my god! Oh, uh, definitely chips and dip. Chips. <laughs> like as yeah, long exactly, as they tell me yeah. before yeah. it gets to whatever part of my digestive system really hates them, that would be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not. I can guarantee you will not. Uh, yeah, will, will not bother you. So you. But would it just... would. Yeah, it would be like chips and dip and like. Um, a lot of dairy like, products or something. A oh, cream. a lot yeah. of dairy products for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My my pregnant friend yesterday ordered. A milkshake, a grilled cheese, and Disco fries. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. I would die. I would die if I ate, ate even, like, a third of this. But, um, yeah, a lot of dairy products, a lot of uh, corn products. Like, um, uh, what what are those things? They're, like, the puffed corn with the cheese on it. Oh, um, smart food. Oh, yeah, also that. What, I was thinking uh, of... Popcorn with the cheese mm. on it? Yeah, like the cheese dust. Yeah, not that's the, Cheetos. Yeah, yeah but it's, like... it's it's yeah the 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 white ones, right? Like no, white, you're thinking about cheddar? popcorn. I'm I'm talking oh, about like oh. puffed and oh. extruded corn product. <laughs> oh. It's like um, hang on, 
I never eat them, so I don't even know what they're called. Oh, cheese doodles. Oh, cheese doodles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are so good. <laughs> Do you prefer to eat at home or uh, eat out? Like eat out? Like uh, what are you? Do you, do you uh, have a you have a problem? It sounds like you like to cook for yourself, but also like I, you said, I do love to cook, um, and it's a great way of managing my anxiety about what may or may not be in my food. You know what I mean? Um, so like in like group situations, I'll always be like, "Hey, I'll make dinner," you know, and then I don't have to deal with trying to be like, "Oh, I can't eat that." Um, <laughs> Because it's, like, embarrassing and annoying, and it's, you know, it shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, but I do, I mean, I do love going out to eat, too. It's just, uh, can be fraught, you know. So, yes. like, for, like, the chillest experience, uh, and I, then I don't even have to put on uncomfortable pants or anything, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit food. What food embodies your, you know, characteristics, your, your qualities, your traits? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, maybe like like a rustic loaf of bread. Oh, you know? yeah, like a crusty nice... on the outside, <laughs> might break your tooth, <laughs> but delicious. Yeah. Full of holes. Yeah. And and it, uh, it, 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 it tastes of love and, and, and kindness. Yeah, and requires a lot of advanced planning. <laughs> you know, you have to think ahead. And you have to, all right. I like that one. <laughs> uh, favorite, uh, this is the most uh, reason I wanted to add this to it, just came up with it recently. Uh, favorite movie snack. Do you go to the movies? Ooh. Do you buy a snack there? Any kind of... Uh, usually not, just because uh, yeah. it's like oh, popcorn or yeah. uh, all of this candy full of uh, corn syrup. Um, but I do love snow caps. Those oh, are yeah, snow caps my, and raisinets like, were classic fave. Yeah, and there's uh, the farm store that I get most of my produce at. They make a lot of their own candy, and they make they make these like big dark chocolate snow caps that are Ooh. so good. I just ate one before we started recording. <laughs> so that was the last thing you ate. Oh, yeah. I guess it was. I forgot about it. <laughs> Chocolate doesn't count. And the last question. What's the greatest lesson you've learned in food? So, I mean, it's not, obviously, it sounds like you've had a lot of food experiences due to, you know, again, health and the allergies aspect. But it could be anything from, obviously, your, your, your trip to... Paris and that you realize that you're eating at a hard rock cafe in Paris. <laughs> Actually, um, so I do, I work with, uh, my friend's nonprofit group called suffering the silence and they, they, um, they do a lot of stuff, uh, within the arts to raise awareness, mm -hmm. uh, and build community for people living with chronic health conditions and disabilities. And we do this retreat every February, mm -hmm. um, this coming February will be our third year doing it. And it's the most remarkable experience because there's usually like maybe 20 to 30 of us. And like every person has a different dietary restriction. <laughs> and oh, wow. it's, it's, 
it seemed like going into the first year, I was like, oh my God, we're just going to be eating like bland chicken and white rice all weekend. Like how else could they possibly feed this many people sure, with dietary yeah. restrictions, you know? Um, and it, they have the, the retreat center that we go to, they have like local volunteers from the community come in and cook and they have done a mind blowing job of making food that, you know, maybe not everyone can eat one thing, but they make enough things that are like Venn diagramming, you know, people's different dietary restrictions so that everyone has something to eat and everyone has like good, like delicious, nutritious, hearty meals. Uh, and it, it made me realize that like, well, it it helped me a lot with, like, my shame around my own dietary restrictions and helped me, like, be more comfortable and be more assertive um, about what my needs are and getting them met and, like, whatever, but also helped me to understand that, like, I, like accommodating people's uh, dietary restrictions doesn't have to be a pain in the ass like it doesn't have yeah. to be this big annoying thing it can actually like if if everyone is on board and everyone is like okay let's just like make the best food that we can within these limitations um you know you can make something for everyone and you can think about it and uh, just like you know putting a little bit more thought into these communal dishes than you otherwise would if you were just cooking for you know quote unquote normal people um mm -hmm. you can still make these amazing meals for people and that was really kind of eye-opening and being able to like talk about these things so openly with other people who get it and other people i thought it was going to be so annoying to have to talk about it all weekend you know like but it was really liberating to be able to like joke around about it and be like oh that's so weird you can't eat that i can't eat this like whatever um and it's it's hard to like articulate it and like distill it into a particular lesson you know but um well just being i think more understanding and more accepting and just not quick to judge right that's the yeah and and also um normalizing it for yeah those of us who are there who in our everyday lives well my situation is different because i feel like everyone i know and everyone in my life has different dietary restrictions but like for the most part people are really isolated when they're living with chronic health conditions mm -hmm. and so they might be the only person in their life that can't eat gluten or can't you know, do this or eat that or whatever. So to, to get into a situation where not only is it like not, they're not making a big deal about it. Like the people on the receiving end of your restrictions, like they're not making a big deal out of it. They're actually saying like, oh, that's totally fine. And we're going to accommodate you. And all of these other people also have their own issues and, you know, for, like to see people have these conversations for the first time and, and for the first time be around other people who have these like weird life things that like most people don't have was really kind of uh, transcendent, like transformative, yeah. at least for me and definitely for a lot of the other people. Because I had done um, 
a podcast for a couple years about where I was talking to people about chronic illness and disability. Mm -hmm. And so I had had a lot of conversations already when we had started uh, doing that retreat. But a lot of the people that were there, this was the first time that they were meeting other people with chronic health problems. This was the first time that they were able to like fully be themselves in not necessarily a public way, but like in a group situation where a lot of times we have to like hide this sort of stuff or, you know, manage expectations around it. And so, yeah, I don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember you talking about that podcast on, uh, my, you know, the previous podcast, P.S. I Love Hoffman, on the great medical film, Patch Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Check out that episode. Um, oh, boy. Uh, talk about a problematic screenplay. Uh, and a wasted cast. And a wasted cast, yeah. So that's, I guess that's my theme of movies that I have you on, uh, on the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, Kara, thank you so much for coming on Foodie Films. Uh, please now, again, remind uh, the Foodie fans and all, all the listeners uh, what shows you have and if there's anything new going on with them or anything. Yeah. yeah. So uh, on the Cage Club Podcast Network, I co-host Wistful Thinking with my wonderful co-host, Jordan and clark uh, where we revisit pop culture from our youth to see if it's still as good all grown up recently we've done um oh we just this week our episode that's coming out is dick from 1999 starring kirsten dunst and williams and dan hedaya in the role that he was born to play as richard nixon and it's (laughs) such a fun movie and it's so great we also recently did elections so we're doing like themed months now so it's oh, november, yeah, it's november it's midterm yeah. elections so we're doing like political movies we'll be doing black sheep for our next film um so we have some fun over there and that comes out every other week and then on our off on our off weeks we're putting out episodes of what am i chewing uh so you can listen to those and that's fun but also uh, for Cage Club, I will be on the upcoming season of Cinemakers. Yes. Joey and Mike about the work of Amy Heckerling, who most people uh, know as either the director of Clueless or the director of Fast Times at Ridgemont High or the director of Look Who's Talking. Uh, that's the reason <laughs> uh, that I saw that for the first time recently. There we go. It, it all makes mind. sense now. Yeah. Um, and it's just been so much fun to... Uh, get to know Heckerling better as an artist and as a director. Clueless is my favorite movie, so uh, it's been a real joy. Like, even the stinkers that we've watched so far, and I know that we have a few coming up, um, you know, it's it's just been really kind of eye-opening also to watch a bunch of movies that were directed and or written and directed by a woman. Um, the gaze is different, the sensibility is different, the tone is totally different, and um, you know, that's not something that we get to see a lot. So I am really excited. I think the first episode goes up Monday, November 19th, and that'll be Fast Times at Ridgemont High, her first movie, which is an astounding first feature. Like, it's such a good movie. Yeah. It's amazing that was her And first. the first feature of Nicolas Cage, right? Or something like that? Uh, I yeah, I mean, he's, like, he's a glorified extra. Yes, basically. 100%. But, yeah, but I know the guys. That was his first they film must role. Have been and happy. It, first film role for like almost everyone that was in that movie yeah phoebe cates um jennifer jason lee it's actually 
I mean, that's kind of a foodie film. They work at the uh, pizza tr- place. Yeah, he works. Judge yeah, Reinhold, Brad, yeah. he works at a couple different restaurants. Wait, so. what, what's his last name in the movie? What's Oh, I don't Judge, know. Because he's, what, Sean, way to go! And he says his name, right? I think. Uh, oh, maybe. I like, don't know. Oh, also, uh, <laughs> Sean Penn, of course, as Spicoli, who orders a pizza directly to yeah. his... Definitely plenty of good food scenes. I'll have to, I'll rewatch it and determine if there's enough, if there's like enough food scenes or like you said, I mean, a character I mean, does I think work an, at a There's food more place. food in that movie than there is in Home Fries. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's true. So, including, including a wonderful scene where Jennifer Jason Lee and Phoebe Cates are sawing off either end of a giant salami log talking oh, about yeah, we've got, how long yeah. guys take <laughs> having sex. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a delight. So yeah, so you know great. multiple um, characters work at food establishments, so mm-hmm. Fast Times mm-hmm. at Ridgemont High are now being put on the foodie films list. Nice. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, of course. So that's exciting. Uh, it, it's also been interesting to kind of uh, look at films through a different lens, you know, uh, looking at it from a perspective of uh, the director and that sort of thing whereas when we covered wistful uh, when we covered clueless on wistful thinking we were just like oh i love this movie so much and yeah like, nostalgia really... versus analytical maybe or is that, yeah uh... exactly and so um it's been a lot of fun that's awesome and so subscribe to cinemakers and then i guess if you want to check out in sickness and in health my old podcast you can find that at insicknesspod.com awesome and that's it yeah cool well, we have a little sign-off line, and that is there's more to cut. So if you could just remind the foodie fans that there's there's more to cut. Mm, can I do it in a weird voice? Sure. Please. I don't know what, which weird voice to use. Maybe I'll just use my serious NPR voice. Ooh. There's more to cut. Thank you. You're welcome. This has been Foodie Films. <laughs> <laughs> yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet